Welcome to Retirement A to Z. I'm Sue Burnett with Monarch Financial Advisors, and this series focuses on qualified retirement plans. There are a lot of moving pieces with these plans, and the rules are complicated and complex, so we're going to break them down into smaller pieces, 26 pieces to be exact, from A to Z, with maybe a few extras thrown in just for good measure. This is episode K, where we'll be discussing kids and other family members that are in the business and how they can impact your retirement plan designs. Do you have to cover your kids? What about your parents, your grandparents, your in-laws, your cousins, or your uncles, or any other family members? What if the kids work there, but they're not going to be taking over? Does that matter at all? Or does it matter how much I own? Let's talk it through. So instead of fun facts, because we're talking about family, I think it's way more appropriate to throw in a few jokes here and there. So here's our first joke of the podcast. How are families like a batch of fudge? They're mostly sweet, but usually have a few nuts. (laughs) This is going to be fun. So first, let's talk about ownership of a business when it comes to retirement plans. Then we'll discuss how ownership is attributed or not to your family members solely because they're related to you. And finally, we'll figure out how the family members, in particular your kids, could really help out your plan design, whether they're considered owners or not. So determining who's an owner is critical in a plan because the IRS has a lot of rules and testing that involves how much is given to an owner versus how much is given to an employee. They also have some rules that talks about how many owners are covered versus how many employees are covered. You can't give too much to an owner or cover all of the owners relative to what you give to the employees or how many employees are covered. We generally design plans so we get as much as possible to the owners, hopefully 80, 90% or more, and as little as possible to the employees while still following all of those IRS rules. So defining who the owners are versus who is considered an employee is a critical important step. So if you're an owner, are your family members owners? Well, that depends on how those family members are related to you, how much you own, and who the other owners are. There's only certain family members that could have ownership attributed to them. Your kids, your spouse, your parents, or your grandparents. That's it. Not stepchildren, cousins, aunts, in-laws, uncles, just your spouse, your kids, your parents, and your grandparents. So direct lineage, two up, your parents and your grandparents, and one down, your children. Otherwise, no ownership would be allocated to them just by being your relatives. So speaking of relatives, what's it called when you have your grandmother on speed dial? Instagram. (laughs) So with that said, let's talk about how much you own. If you're not a majority owner, so you own 50% or less of your business, In general, there's no attribution for your family members. If any of them work there, they're just considered employees, not owners. Now, the only exception to this is your spouse, and we're going to get to spouses in a little bit because there are some funky rules that go along with that. But your kids and your parents and your grandparents, they'd all be considered employees, not owners. So why would this impact your plan design? 
Well, this could be really helpful for you. Remember, our tests look at what's given to owners relative to what's given to employees, or how many owners are covered relative to how many employees are covered. So if we're giving as much as possible to you and the other owners, the tests say we have to give at least a few employees an equivalent amount. If your family members are considered employees, great, you can give that extra amount to them to pass the testing. I've seen plans where there are a handful of family members that work in the business, including in-laws, some cousins, and uncles. In addition to that owner, the way the numbers worked, the plan could exclude all of the employees that weren't relatives. So you have a plan that is only covering your family members. That could be pretty appealing to an owner. So what if you owned more than 50%? Well, then the ownership would be attributed to you, your kids, your parents, and your grandparents automatically. So whatever you gave them in the plan, even if it was only $5, that would be considered an owner contribution for our testing. Now this isn't necessarily a bad thing. If your kids are owners solely because they're your kids, but practically speaking, they're really employees, you could give them nothing in the plan, and this really helps out our tests. So let's take an example. What if you, your spouse, and your two kids work at a business, and you own the whole thing? All four of you would be considered owners. Now one of our tests, our counts test, looks at how many owners are covered relative to how many employees. If you provided benefits to all four of you, 100% of the owners are covered. If that happened, you may need to cover 70% of the employees. So that's just one of the rules. But what if you only provide benefits to you and your spouse and not to your two kids? Well, now you're only covering 50% of the owners. Remember, those kids are considered owners. This means you only have to cover 35% of the employees, not 70%. 50% of the owners times 70% of that employee target, you only have to cover 35% of those employees. So the more owners you cover, the more employees you have to cover, but it works in the other direction too. Having kids or parents that work in the business, but they aren't expected to get a benefit in this plan, excluding them can help you exclude a bunch more employees, which could significantly reduce the cost for the employees in the plan. Now let's talk a little bit about spouses. So most of the time, your ownership will be attributed to your spouse, regardless of how much you own. There is an exception though. There's no attribution if your spouse doesn't explicitly own any part of your business, if they don't work there at all, and if you don't have kids under the age of 21. So for example, let's say you own a law firm and your spouse owns an accounting firm, but neither of you work in the other's business at all, and your kids are all over 21. If this is the case, there is no ownership attribution, and you could have a plan for your business. Your spouse could also have a plan for their business. They're considered separate businesses. But as soon as one of you works for the other or has any kind of direct ownership, even if it's only 1%, then the ownership is attributed to them and you have to count both businesses as one big control group. So if you do law work, for your spouse's business or they do accounting work for yours, then both of those businesses are considered owned by the same person, even though they're owned by two different people. So one other rule is that you have minor children or children under the age of 21. Ownership is automatically attributed to your spouse, even if you have separate businesses, even if neither of you work for the other's business in any capacity whatsoever. 
Ownership for a minor passes to both parents. Now, this is truly one of the quirkiest rules I've ever seen. So you could have ownership attributed to a spouse for years, and then their youngest kid turns 21, and then there's no more ownership attributed to that spouse. Not because you or they have done anything differently at all. It is solely because they no longer have any minor children. Strange? Absolutely. But I have long given up trying to understand why the rules are written the way they are. I just know what they are and how to follow them. So time for our final joke. Why is a computer so smart? Because it listens to its motherboard. Yep, I'm a mom, and yep, that's the truth. So wrapping it all up, kids, spouses, parents, and grandparents could all have a significant impact on your plan design, whether they're considered owners or whether they aren't. So we specialize in using that status to help the plan meet your goals and objectives as an owner, whether it means excluding them from the plan or including them so that they can get some additional benefits. The first step though is determining how to include them and this is where we can help. These rules are really complex and we can hash it through with you and your CPA to be sure that everybody's being counted the right way and treated the right way with regard to our testing and with regard to your goals and your objectives. Want to learn more? Tune in to the other A to Z podcasts where we continue to break down these wonderful and complex plans into bite-sized pieces. Remember, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Have any questions? Shoot us an email at monarchfinancialadvisors at gmail.com. Thanks for listening in and have a great rest of your day. 